I really am blessed to be here. Um, nervous, but blessed. Uh, this has been really a personal victory for me to be able to get up here uh, because I've never really liked speaking in public, but 12 years ago, I began struggling with anxiety, and I absolutely never, never thought that I would be up here. And um, I'm just truly thankful to the Lord for um, just continuing to give me victory over that. Um, and I, yesterday, when Pastor Rob was talking um, and, and teaching on Jonah, he said a few things that really encouraged me as I have been nervous about this. Um, and one of the things um, that he said was, if we're going to follow God, we need to do the things that God tells us to do, and that might be uncomfortable. Well, I know God told me to do this, and I'm uncomfortable. No, actually, God's really um, helping me to not feel uncomfortable now, but I've been uncomfortable for two months thinking about it. <laughs> I do definitely prefer to be in the, um, in the back there, in the sound room with Monique and, and the others, um, rather than being up here. But um, the other thing that uh, Rob said that encouraged me was that when God calls you to do something, it's as much about what he wants to do in you as it is about what he wants to do through you. And um, God's definitely been working in me this last couple of months, just showing me things, um, just teaching me a lot of things, and um, it's, been, it's been good. Uh, but we know it's not all about me. So God also wants to work in you. Um, so my prayer is that um, as we look at these three verses tonight, that you will be uh, reminded and encouraged and exhorted to um, be fervent. So I know Rachel prayed for us, but I just want to pray real quickly. Lord, um, again, I just um, want to thank you for this evening. Thank you that you are a good God and um, that you love us and that you work through us and in us and that you want to speak um, to us. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would empty me of me and just fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me, Lord, to... um, just say what you want me to say and, and leave out what you don't. And I just pray that you would um, just be glorified in all that's um, done and said in Jesus' name. So we're going to take a look at the three scriptures that are on <clears throat> the screen back here. Romans twelve eleven, um, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. First Peter 4, 8, and above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. And James five sixteen, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So in all those verses, we have the word fervent. So let's take a look at what that means. Um, and let's look at some synonyms as well. That usually helps me a little bit better. But the definition is having or showing great warmth or intensity of spirit, feeling, or enthusiasm, to fill or affect strongly with intense feeling or passion, to inflame, to excite. And then some of the synonyms are um, devoted, eager, zealous, enthusiastic, passionate, hot, burning, glowing. Well, how many of us have been enthusiastic or zealous or passionate when we're serving God and when we're loving others and we're praying for others? I mean, I think most of us have been, and I would uh, venture to say that most of us have probably been a little bit lazy and sluggish um, in those things as well. Um, 
but we're told to be fervent in those things. So how do we keep that fervency on a daily basis? Um, Well, in order to be fervent and continue to be fervent, it's real basic. We need to be in God's word um, daily. And we need to have that uninterrupted quiet time meditating on who he is, what he's done for us, what he wants to do through us. Um, if we're not taking that time to really just sit and, and meditate on him and his word, we might be fervent for a little bit, but that fervency is not going to continue. So in Romans twelve eleven, when it says, um, and I have a different version here, it says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. That fervency in serving the Lord is going to be there because we're in his word um, and spending time with him. And so we're not going to be lacking or slothful um, in zeal because our desires are going to be his desires. Our minds are going to be focused on eternal things. And we're going to see people the way God sees them. And then that fire is going to ignite in us so that we are going to fervently love God and love people, which is going to naturally um, flow into that excitement and passion to serve him. Now, I know Debbie just talked about how you can get uh, many people here are serving uh, in a lot of areas. And there's a lot of opportunities to serve God and um, be involved. Um, I think the majority here probably are, but if you're not, um, there's tons of opportunities. On the website here, you can... Um, get on there. They have, I think, like 11 different opportunities. And then there's the different opportunities in the bulletin and flyers and, and all of that. Um, so I know you're all doing that, and that's not really what I'm going to be for- focusing on when I'm talking about serving. But I do want to just say a little thing about that. Serving in ministry is an honor and a privilege. And, um, you know, not only do we get to be a part of something that God's doing, but we get blessed in many ways when we serve. And one of the ways that I've been blessed in ministry was the, is the wonderful friends that God's put in my life. <clears throat> friends, sitting down here even, you know, 20 years ago, we started serving in ministry, and we're still friends. And they were texting me, telling me they're praying for me. Those friendships would not have... I've, probably wouldn't have met them if it wasn't for serving. And then serving in children's ministry, I've just every single person that I've really met and had uh, a deep um, friendship and a deep love um, for has really come out of serving in some kind of ministry. So um, that it's exciting. So don't, if you're not serving, which I know most of you are, but if you're not, um, there's opportunities for everyone in every season that you are in. But um, there's other ways that we serve the Lord that it's not signing up for something. And really, we have an opportunity every single day as soon as we wake up and until our head hits the pillow to serve the Lord. Um, it's the regular, routine um, things of life that are our opportunities to serve Him. And usually, those days with regular, routine things involve people. And that kind of brings us to our next verse, verse Peter, Peter 4, 8. It says, most important of all, continue to show deep love for others, for love covers a multitude of sins. So Peter's saying here that in our relationships here on earth, the most important thing that we can do is to show deep love for one another. 
I like the way the Amplified Version puts it. It says, above all, especially, primarily, principally, or most of all, have fervent and unfailing love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. And this is the part that I really like. It's in the brackets. It says, it overlooks unkindness and unselfishly seeks the best for others. And um, sometimes we can get wrapped up and focused on really a lot of ridiculous, petty things that don't matter. And I'm speaking to myself here. Um, It's, you know... Things people say or don't say. People might be rude or they are selfish or they annoy you because they don't do things the way you want them to do. Um, I'm so guilty of this. And I'm embarrassed to really say that I'm guilty of that. Um, My mother-in-law lived with us in a guest house. Um, She's lived with us the the past 22 years. She's actually gone to be with the Lord uh, recently. Uh, Praise the Lord, she got saved in February. Um, Yeah, and then in June, she went to be with the Lord. But um, so she's lived with us for the past 22 years, and we got along really good. She kind of kept to herself. She's pretty independent. But about three or four years ago, um, she began to need a lot more or a little bit of assistance. And then as time grew on, she needed more assistance. Um, And she wasn't able to drive, and um, she just would just need more things. And because my husband works so much, it kind of it fell on me. And I think I had an issue with that just because um, I didn't want to, why don't I get to choose? You know, here you go. I'm not, I'm not always like the Lord, obviously. <laughs> um, but I really struggled um, over those three or four years because um, just the things that she would say to me or the way that she would do things or the way she wouldn't do things or the way she'd want me to do things, they just, they would annoy me. And I would have to constantly remind myself that I needed to be loving, um, that just because it's not my way or she doesn't say things, you know, the way I would say them doesn't make her wrong and me right. Um, I needed to remind myself that really those things didn't matter. They're ridiculous, they're petty, and, you know, I would continually go to the Lord and ask him um, to help me to have that love for her. Sorry. Well, because those things were actually that annoyance was causing me to not um, have love for her. And, um, and I wanted to have love for her, and, you know, but I didn't. And the enemy was just ripping me off um, because I was nice to her. I tried to be kind with my words and patient on the outward, but on the inward, my heart was annoyed with her. And... Um, Sometimes I'd have victory. Sometimes I wouldn't have victory. The times that I had the victory uh, were, was, was when I was in the Word, spending time with Him, praying for her. Um, that's when I had the most victories. Now, I know that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ, who are in Christ and I know that there's grace and there's forgiveness and that I'm not perfect and I'm not going to do everything right, but I'm bummed. I'm bummed that I struggled and I'm disappointed in myself that I was annoyed. Um, as much as I was. And I know I can't change that, and I'm a firm believer on just looking at the past and learning from it. So I'm going to do that, and I know God will give me another opportunity (laughs) because he usually does. Um, So hopefully when I get that next opportunity, um, I can not think about those petty things and 
I can really just um, focus on what matters, and that's uh, loving God and loving people. Philippians 2.3 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. I think that's a good word for us. It's certainly a good word for me. We need to value others above ourselves. Well, not only do we need to fervently love others when they annoy us or they're rude to us, but we need to do that when they hurt us. And just like um, you guys have probably gone through this, I've been hurt by friends and family, and um, they've left. Some of those hurts have left deep wounds. Um, but I've had to make a choice every time that I've been hurt. Am I going to put others above myself? Am I going to think about um, the decision that I make or the way that I treat them uh, and how that's going to impact them spiritually? Or am I going to focus on my hurt and my pain and my feeling betrayed? It's good for us to continually be reminded of John 3.16, which we all know. I'm sure we can all rattle it off. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And I think we do that. We rattle that off. We know it. But I think we need to really just pull it back and, and think about it and really contemplate that. You know, God is not willing that any should perish. He sent his son to die for everyone, for those that hurt us, for those that didn't hurt us, but for everyone. And it's his desire that when um, that they're restored when they sin and that we're restored when we sin. And it should be our desire that not only that we're restored, but that others are restored. I think we're really quick to want to be restored and you know, we want to receive all the, the forgiveness, but... We need to know that, that that's God's heart for everyone. Colossians um, 3.13 says, Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Well, over the years, I've watched people make bad choices, start living for themselves, and some even walk away from the Lord. And again, These are the people that we need to have that deep, unending love for. We need to come alongside of them. We need to keep coming alongside of them and keep coming alongside of them. It's, you know, it's not a one-time deal. It might be 10 times, you know. Um, We need to keep on doing that because the goal is that they're going to come back to the Lord. And, or if they're walking with the Lord, but they're struggling, we want them to continue in the Lord, right? We need to encourage them, and we need to make them feel welcome in the family and not feel ashamed that they don't want to come in or not feel loved that they don't want to come in. They need to um, feel welcome because, um, well, I'll say that later, sorry. (laughs) Well, several years ago, we had a friend, a Christian friend, and he and his wife were Christians, and uh, they ended up getting a divorce. And we weren't close with them when they were together, but after the divorce, God put this person, um, the husband, in our lives. And we were able to come alongside of him and encourage him and love him. And he ended up really being a part of our family. He'd come over three or four times a week, have dinner. Um, we'd pray together. We'd talk about the Lord together. We'd watch TV together. We'd, you know, eat or uh, just play games, whatever. We'd have fun together. Um, 
And we, it, we were just having that love for the, him, that deep love. And I knew a little bit about what had gone on with him. And I'm sure my husband probably knew more. But I didn't care to know more because it didn't matter. It didn't matter what the details were. It didn't matter whose fault it was because he, at this point, he was walking with the Lord. He was regularly in fellowship. He was trying to live um, his life the way God wanted him to. So it wasn't um, for us to worry about the past. Our job was to fervently love him. And at times he would get discouraged because, unfortunately, there were other Christians that weren't fervently loving him and, you know, they would they were probably hurt, and then there's sides, you know. We we want to be on God's side. We don't want to be on anyone else's side. And um, so he would get discouraged, and we were able to love him and encourage him and just remind him of God's promises and um, that God's our defender and God's in control and, and faithful. And, and I know that it made an impact on him and him to be able to continue to walk with the Lord. Um, And it helped him when he had those bad days. You know, when someone is in sin and struggling, the goal is that they come back to the Lord, right? It's that they continue in the faith and um, they finish their race. And, you know, like we all want to hear God say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well, we need to want that for others too, you know. And so the goal is to um, come... uh, do our part, which is to come alongside of them and fervently love them. I'm sure you've all heard the saying, um, the Christian army is the only army that shoots its wounded, right? Well, I want us to prove that wrong. I want us to be loving the wounded and praying for the wounded and coming alongside the wounded because that's what we need to be doing. James five nineteen to 20 says, Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns, back, turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. That's powerful, powerful, just our love. Um, pastor and author John Piper writes, and before I read that, I'm going to take a little drink. It's kind of long. He writes, our love needs to be the kind of love, I'm sorry, our love needs to be the kind that covers each other's sins. In other words, the focus is on the effect of love that enables the fellowship in spite of sins. He goes on to say, Peter is saying that bona fide, authentic love and fellowship is based in part on covering the covering of many sins. This is not sweeping things under the rug. It's not endorsing skeletons in a closet. It's not renouncing church discipline. But it's saying um, at least this and probably more. When we've done all the confrontation and we've done all the argumentation and the exhortation, we cover it. Whatever side we're on, we cover it, we give it up, and we bury it for a cause of murmuring. So when we've done all of the confrontation, we need to cover it, and we need to move on, and we need to just be there to help them and to love them. God loves everyone, as we said, and he's not willing that any should perish. And I think remembering that will help us to value others above ourselves and, and value their spiritual well-being. 
And let's not forget about what Ephesians 6.12 says. We just finished that series. Um, We're fighting a battle. It says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. The enemy would love for us to continue to focus on our hurts and sins and the sins of others, or to be annoyed with people and focus on their unkind words. Um, Anything that he can do to distract us from focusing on loving God and loving others. And I know I keep saying that. That is, I'm pretty basic. You know, I just need to be told a few things. Love God, love others. Um, And I read this book uh, years ago called Crazy Love. And I think um, that's what his main thing, love God and love others. And it's just really stuck with me that that's, I mean, really, uh, my husband and I were talking about it a little bit, and of course, my husband was like, well, you could do this, you know, and this too, and I'm like, yeah, but that all falls under loving God and loving others. So really, anything that we um, are doing for the Lord, it's because we're loving him, and um, and the God, Jesus told us in... Oh, I can't remember where it was. Um, when the Pharisee asked him, you know, what the greatest uh, commandments were, and it was to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love others as ourselves. Those are the two greatest commandments. So we need to be doing that. Regarding First Peter 4.8, Wayne Gruden, who's a professor of theology and biblical studies, writes, Where love abounds in a fellowship of Christians, many small offenses and even some large ones are readily overlooked and forgotten. But where love is lacking, every word is viewed with suspicion, every action is liable to misunderstanding, and conflicts come about to Satan's perverse delight. So we obviously don't want that, so let's not be lacking in love, but let's let love abound and be ready to overlook and forget the offenses of others and remember that we're in a battle. We have an enemy that hates us and wants to destroy us and that will use anything, the smallest thing or the biggest thing, that whatever it's going to do to cause conflict and get our eyes off of the Lord. Um, and just continuing on in love, um, years ago, I think it was at a women's retreat. Uh, we were looking at 1 Corinthians thirteen four through 7, and the speaker told us um, to substitute, you know, it's um, love is patient, love is kind, uh, love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. And she said to substitute our name. Can, you know, can we really say that? You know, it was a, it was a good activity to do um, because over the years I've done that activity and uh, when, when I'm not being patient or um, when I'm not suffering long and, you know, um, that, the other verses, love bears all things. And, you know, is Shelly doing that? You know, I have to ask myself that. Is Shelly being jealous? Is Shelly being boastful? Is Shelly being patient and kind? And a lot of times I have to sit, stop and say, no, I'm not. So I need to, I need to do that because I need to be loving. So it was, it was just a good way to um, think about how love is displayed and, and just really think about, am I being loving? So having that fervent love for one another is going to naturally lead us to pray for one another, which is what our next verse, James 5.16, tells us to do. It says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another 
that ye may be healed, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. My throat started hurting today, so I'm sorry. I keep getting this water. Um, Are we being passionate and intense and persistent in our prayers for one another? Remember, we're in that spiritual battle, so we need to be fervently praying for one another. And we need to be praying until God moves. I think sometimes um, we get discouraged too early, and we stop praying after a few days, weeks, or months. Um, But for some people, we're going to need to pray for them for years. And we can't give up because prayer is powerful. We, we need to be praying for people. Pastor Rob said this about prayer a couple um, weeks or a month ago or so. He said, praying is the most effective and powerful thing that we can do. Do we believe that? We need to be praying fervently then if we really do believe that. I've been fervently praying for my son for the past nine years for, regarding some struggles that he's had in his life and that he continues to have. And in those nine years, I've seen amazing victories where he's come back to the Lord and is committed and following the Lord 100%. I've seen times when he's decided that he was going to do his own thing and disobey the Lord. And I've seen victories where he wants to follow the Lord, but he continues to struggle. And at first, you know, nine years, long time. (laughs) And, you know, at first, you know, you kind of go through it. But then after a little while, you just kind of get discouraged. And I remember saying to the Lord um, several times, Lord, how long is this going to last? How long is this going to last? And when's he going to have victory over this final victory? And, um, you know, I would get discouraged and depressed. And God graciously and lovingly helped me to realize that this might be something he's going to struggle with for the rest of his life. Just like I'm still struggling to love people and not be annoyed. You know, I'm a lot older than he is. (laughs) Um, And, uh, you know, we just want to pray for something, or at least maybe, maybe it's just me, but I want to pray for something and I just want everything to be perfect, you know. That's not going to happen. We're not in heaven, and I, I need to be reminded of that. And, and God showed me that instead of wondering how long this is going to last, um, and instead of getting discouraged um, when my son stumbles and falls or when things don't look the way I want them to look or when I want them to look that way, I just need to keep loving him and keep praying for him. I need to keep praying for him, not only when he's struggling, though, because I do tend to get a little bit lazy when I see good victories. I'm like, yeah, it's going good, you know, and that's when I probably need to be praying even more because that's when the enemy wants to try to get back in there and um, just get to him. So we need to be praying all, all the time. I'm, I'm never going to stop probably praying for this struggle that he has. I'm probably for the rest of my life going to pray for it. But I've witnessed over and over where the Lord has answered my prayers. And I'm still amazed, and I just get so excited, and I'm sure you guys do too. Every time, you know, we pray something, and it's like we know, oh my gosh, that, that was exactly what I prayed. And, you know, God, I think it's exciting that we I'm, are good, that we are still excited when God answers our prayers, because um, it's just another way that confirms to us um, 
and it reconfirms to us what we already know, and that's that God is very present, he is in control, and he answers prayers. I love looking back at my journal and reading my praises and thanks to God for answered prayers. Um, And some of you have been here have texted me um, things that are in my journal, like verses you've given me when I'm going through things. It's just so nice to be able to look at that and just see um, not only God's faithfulness, but just seeing how God is just using one another to love um, each other and that you're all praying um, uh, for me as well and, and my family. It's it's a blessing. And I was looking back at my journal um, over the last couple weeks and I forgot a lot about a lot of those things. And I was like, oh, wow, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that and forgot about this. And so if you don't journal, I'm not a huge journaler. I wish I was more of a journaler. But if you're not at all journaling, it's so good to to see that. It's like looking back five five years ago. Okay, wow. Just like helps us to continue on and just remember that God is faithful. He hears and he's with us. Um. And, you know, seeing God answering our prayers, it strengthens our faith, faith and it ignites our fervency to keep on praying. Um, we're to be, so we're to be fervently praying for one another. But the first part of James 5.16, which is not on there, but I did read it, it tells us that we're supposed to confess our faults or sins to one another. Um, and we're to do that so that, some, you know, each other will be, will be praying for each other. Um, not only do we need to fervently pray for others, but we need them to be fervently praying for us too. When we see, when we, like I said already, when we um, pray and we see God working, it um, excites us, it strengthens our faith. Well, we need to not rob somebody else of having that, um, their faith strengthened as well. I'm not a very good person at uh, asking for help. I was reminded that again last week (laughs) uh, from a loving friend. Um, But that's another thing that I struggle in. I don't want to ask for help. Um, I want to do it myself, and I know I need to let the Lord do it. And um, but for many years, I didn't ask for help, and I didn't ask for prayer. And I thought it was, um, you know, it's okay. I'll, I don't need somebody else to pray for me. I can pray. You know, God hears me. I'll just pray for myself. I don't want to ask. And you know what? I robbed people of um, seeing God work and answer the prayers um, regarding me. I also um, allowed the enemy to keep me in bondage while, and to continue to fill my head with lies. As I mentioned earlier, I struggled with anxiety for, I have struggled with it for the past 12 years, and God's definitely taken me um, (laughs) a long way, but I still struggle with it every now and then, and I still need to give it to the Lord. But in the beginning, when I was struggling with that anxiety, it caused me to seclude myself. I stopped hanging out with friends. Some of you are here, and I just kind of stopped hanging out with you, and kept inviting me and I didn't go. That's why. Um, I just, I became depressed. Um, I stopped being involved in ministry as much as possible. I, it was, it was a horrible thing. Uh, It was, I've never had that problem before and I was always really good with people one-on-one and then all of a sudden this anxiety came in and I was just really, really struggling. Um, And I didn't ask people to pray for me. 
And I was struggling so much that I really became depressed, and I had suicidal thoughts a lot. I became angry with God for not delivering me from that, and my heart started to really get hard toward the Lord. I didn't share my struggles with my friends or family. My husband knew a little bit, but I didn't even share with him. I'm kind of a private person, which I'm, you know, of course, with my husband, I, want, I should be sharing everything, but I only shared a little bit with him because he saw me crying a lot, so he knew there was something wrong. But he didn't know that I was angry with God. He didn't know that I had suicidal thoughts. And I bought into the lies of, many, uh, lies of the enemy and didn't want to share that with anyone. I didn't want to tell anybody what I was going through. I, maybe I was embarrassed. Maybe it's pride. Probably those and other things, too. I had plenty of friends that would have prayed for me and that loved me. Um, I could have come here to the church <laughs> and asked for people to pray for me, but I didn't. I allowed the enemy to have victory over me and keep me in bondage. And if I had shared my struggle with a friend or someone at church, I would have had someone there to pray for me. I would have had somebody there to encourage me. And I probably wouldn't have had um, those thoughts or those suicidal thoughts or the anger with God. I wouldn't have had any of that, possibly. Or if I had, it probably would have been shortened. But, again, I I listened to the lies of the enemy. Don't let the enemy keep you in bondage to guilt or fear or anxiety, shame or sin. Don't listen to his lies. Confess your struggles or your sins with someone, someone that you know loves you and is going to pray for you um, so that they can encourage you and just be there with you, for you, be there along, to walk alongside you and to help you. Um, and so they can do that um, fervently. Because they, your friends and your family, they want to do that. <laughs> and our, this church, we want to do that. So I hope that um, you will learn from my mistakes and um, that you won't let the enemy rip you off in that way. Amen. Right. Lord, we just want to thank you. Thank you again for this evening, and Lord, I do just pray that as we have this time um, now to just really uh, think about what you've uh, had me share and um, just really meditate on those things, I just pray, God, that you would speak to uh, anyone here that might need to ask for prayer, um, that they would, they would do that, Lord. They would not allow the enemy to rob them uh, or rip them off. And, um, and Lord, I do just pray that you would help us to have that love, deep and unending love for each other, and um, that we would keep our heart and our mind and our eyes on you and on heaven and what the, um, what the goal is and, and what we're here for, Lord. Thank you so much for just for loving us, God. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.